Hello, friends. Welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary, the podcast. My name is Christy Madero. I am the hostess. And thank you so much for being here. If you are a returning listener, thank you. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Awaken the Extraordinary is about choosing to thrive instead of survive. I feel like so many of us just get stuck in survival mode, groundhog day. And when we're functioning in that capacity, we are not allowing ourselves the space to be the magical beings that we are. And I feel as though when you choose to thrive, when you choose to make different choices for yourself that allow space for opportunities and possibilities, you allow yourself to thrive. And when you're functioning in that capacity, I believe you then become the best version of yourself. And when you are the best version of yourself, anything is possible and the world is a better place. So Awaken the Extraordinary is about choosing to make your life extraordinary in whatever way that looks for you. And it's about awakening to the extraordinary that is within you and actually seeing it and acknowledging it because we're all extraordinary in our own ways and the world needs each of us. So thank you again for being here. And um, my setup's a little bit different today. I usually record in my son's room. I don't love that. I don't love that I use his space all the time. I work in there day after day and uh, record my podcast in there. I, I spend more time in that room than he does, um, which is fine. I mean, he's a toddler. I don't want him to be hibernating in his room. Um, but I, I can't wait for the day when I have an office in my home and my son can have his room and maybe even a playroom. And uh, I can sit on the floor and record my podcast and be comfortable. I am comfortable right now. So I am on my bed. Um, I have my microphone stacked up on books and journals. And my laptop is sitting right in front of me. And um, it's nice. I needed to get out of that space. I've been in there all day. and. I don't know. I feel like I need to sage that space after I get out and done with my day job work day. But anyway, I always have like a million and one things to talk about, but narrowing it down sometimes gets to be difficult. And for this episode, I really wasn't sure where I wanted to go with it. And, um, There have been a couple of themes that have popped up today for me, and um, I figured I would just kind of riff on that. Again, I don't think I'm cool enough 
to to pull off riff, but I'll try. I'll I'll try. I'll, I'll see how it how it fits. Um so shame and guilt seem to be to me very prevalent in our world and you know i can't speak about obviously like other cultures or, or countries but i feel like in the us so much of how we motivate and inspire people how we want to you know make people do something is through shame and guilt. And when I had that realization, I really started just like looking at Instagram differently. Um, the news differently. Um, and I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, even like a lot of the conversations you're seeing, like on the media and, you know, on social media, um, in things dealing with COVID, I feel like on, on so many different sides, because I don't feel like there's just two sides. There's, there's so much shame and blame and guilt going on. And personally, I don't think that's like a really effective way to spur people into action. Um, it's coming from a, it's coming from a deeper place when people choose to motivate people with shame and guilt. And, you know, I, I saw something today on Instagram that, um, I think was probably just a poor choice of words, but the irony was that it was coming from someone who is this would I describe her is very like pro motherhood, pro mindfulness, conscious parenting, um, being very self-aware. And so what happened was she was talking about different ways to acknowledge your child and, and what they maybe did or what they achieved. And I'm saying that's probably not even, I'm probably not even articulating that correctly, but instead of telling your child, good job, like here are some alternatives, because when you're saying like, good job, it's, I guess, still encouraging validation seeking and in some ways teaching them that their value is based on achievement versus just being, which I, that part I get. So I paid attention to it because I do tell my son, good job. I do try to say like, Hey bud, you know, like I love the colors that you selected here and this is so creative, you know, and 
I'm like, I still feel like it's kind of all kind of doing the same thing, but it's different. And I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when I'm, um, <laughs> when I'm trying to determine the right way to do something with my child, sometimes I feel like Winona Ryder, I think it was at the golden globes when they, uh, golden globes or the Emmys when they won for stranger things. And she's, you know, they're doing the acceptance speech and she's looking all around. And there was like this meme going around or, or this gif of all of these weird mathematical equations popping up. And she was just looking randomly all around. Like that's how I feel a lot of the time. That's kind of how I feel right now, trying to explain what I think the intent was behind the post, but very simply stated, it was alternatives to saying good job. And someone responded and said, oh, well, me, like guilty mom right here. And that kind of made me sad. And then this mother parenting expert, and I'm using air quotes for experts, responded and said, that's okay. What matters is that you acknowledge that, feel bad, and then make different choices going forward. And then the person responded to her and was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I get that. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Um, let me get this straight. You're saying that this mom should feel bad and guilty because that's what you, you said, you said what's important is that you acknowledge it. You feel bad and you're making step, you're taking steps to do things differently. And I'm like, why was saying anything about feeling bad even necessary? Like that just really upset me because I feel like, and if you're a man listening to this, I'm sure you experienced this to some degree, but I feel as women, many of us just feel so guilty for so many things and feel ashamed for so many things and are shamed for so many things. Like we're, we're not thin enough. Like we're not pretty enough. We're not fit enough. We're not a good enough mom. Like we're not in our house isn't Instagram worthy. Like there's so many things and I'm just like, why are you telling this woman you feel bad? And that, you know, it, it just really bothered me. And so I responded and I said, look, I appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate you giving us alternatives to saying good job to our children. But I also have to admit that I don't think a mom needs to hear that feeling bad is something that she should feel in order to be more mindful. Like that wasn't even necessary. You could just say, look, it's important to what's important is like the, that you acknowledge this and you want to be more mindful of things going forward. And also what's important is having grace and compassion towards yourself, knowing that like, 
we're not going to do everything the way that we want to do it all the time because we're human and we're going, we're going to mess up, but extend grace towards yourself and know that like you're trying and you want to be more mindful when you're interacting with your child. And so I felt like there was just this thing where she probably wasn't intending to do it, but I felt like she was shaming this mom. And I could, I guess, be taking this far too much to heart. But I just know that if I said like, yeah, like I'm guilty of doing this and she responded that way to me, that wouldn't have made me feel any better. And by the way that that mom responded, I felt like she didn't even catch that. And I just couldn't see that post without saying something because I feel like There is so much shame and finger pointing and guilt people feel when we don't feel like we're doing what other people feel is quote unquote, the right thing to do. And so to see someone else contributing to what I think is a very serious problem, it made me sad. I am very sensitive to this because, and I know I reference it all the time, it's so much of how I grew up. And so I guess like, I I think I'm very much attuned to when I think the shame is so subtle. It's not even obvious to a lot of people. And like, even in sharing this with my husband, he was like, why did she even need to say that? I go, I don't know. You could have just taken that, that, that feel bad. You could have just taken those two words out. Like, and again, maybe she just didn't articulate herself well, but it just really bothered me. And I just think about all the guilt that moms already feel. And I don't even know why we feel those things. You know, we're told that we, we don't have to do it all, but then at times it feels like we're looked down upon if we don't. <clears throat> you know, I look at um, 
you know, I look at these moms on Instagram that, that have it all together. And I love looking at it, but I'm just like, that's, that's just not my life. And it's really not these people that are making me feel a certain way. It's me. It's how I respond to what's being said and what's being presented. And maybe that's the whole problem. is that so much of us feel shame and guilt that probably stems from our childhood and other really impactful experiences in our lives. And it makes us very sensitive and maybe susceptible to that type of technique being used and potentially be effective. And I'm just kind of thinking out loud as I, as I record this podcast episode, (laughs) but, um, it's just, it's just interesting to think about. It's like so, so much like when you see, you know, advertisements on TV, you know, I'm just thinking about like, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like weight loss ads. And I I think they've definitely come a long way. But I feel like there's almost like a capitalization on people feeling shameful about something. And maybe this is just me. I just thought of vanity sizing. So If this is a new concept to you, vanity sizing is when you are a certain size, but a, a manufacturer will, I don't know what kind of model they use and what those dimensions are, but, um, 
your one size, like, let's say you go to gap. Okay. And you're a certain size of jean there or jeans. I don't think we ever use like a singular, right? But you're a certain jean size there. And then let's say you go to anthropology and let's say you're, you're a 10 at the gap, but you're an eight or maybe even a six at anthropology. But if you were to actually put the jeans up next to each other, the measurements are the same. So psychologically, you're probably, and let's assume it's the same price point, okay? Um, so psychologically, you're probably going to go with a smaller jean size. But why? There's nothing wrong with being a 10. So to me, the vanity, vanity sizing really capitalizes on our ego and not feeling good enough and feeling ashamed of being the size that we actually are. So here's, here's a real life example for you. I am between an eight and a 10 in pant size. My waist is like a 30. I went to a boutique in San Diego and I tried on a size 30 jean and it fit but it was kind of stretchy. So I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know that this is like, what is this? Am I going to have like a really saggy ass? Like after I wear these for two hours, am I going to have just like a saggy ass? And, um, the girl's like, yeah, those are too big. She said, what size are they? And I said, they're, they're 30, 30 inch waist. And she's like, um, let me go get you like a five, like a size five, which is a 27 inch waist. And I, I said, what? And she said, yeah, their sizing is, is weird. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like that is not going to fit, but oh, okay. Sure. So she goes and gets the jeans and I'm just like, these are not going to fit like a size five 20. No, no, it's not going to fit. And I put them on. And they fit. And I'm like, this is not right. Like, this is not right. I am, I am in no universe. Am I a size five? When I was like 118 pounds, I was a size two or four. I am like 140 pounds. I do like, like. I'm nothing close to what that size was. And so I'm just like, okay, fine. I like the jeans. So I bought them, but I, I got in the car and I told my husband, I said, I, I don't know what this brand uses, but this is not right. Like this is a total pardon my language. This is a total mind fuck. And what they're doing is 
See now, see now I feel guilty about like buying the jeans because I'm like, what this company is doing, I think is making money to some degree. They're kind of betting on women and their egos in some way telling them they're not good enough and that will prompt them to buy the smaller size. And maybe you're listening and thinking, I am just like totally out there with this. And that's fine. (laughs) But I feel like Like, why is it so much easier for men to buy clothes? Like it's a standard size, like a 30 inch waist for the most part for a man is going to be a 30 inch waist everywhere else. Like it's going to relatively be the same. Why is it different? Why? And I know women have different body types. But if we're going by like inches, inches are the same, are they not? So why is it different for women? Because there's more focus on, to me, women and our value being placed on our appearance. And I feel like being shamed to some degree If we don't measure up to what society and our culture deems is beautiful at that moment in time. And so I'm bringing that up because I feel like that's a very slick way that shame kind of tiptoes in under the radar. And again, when I start looking at like advertising, when I start looking at what's just going on in our world right now and how shame is being used to get people to do something It's kind of disturbing. And I think there's also, there's also that layer of guilt too. Um, It's like, if the shame isn't effective with certain things, then we're going to rely on guilt. And, um, both of those I think are just so powerful.
And so with the guilt, I feel like when I look at my son and I look back at my childhood, a lot of it's, well, this person will feel bad if you don't do this, or you don't want to make this person sad. I don't want anybody to ever do anything for me because they feel guilty or they'll feel guilty if they don't do something. I just want someone to do something because they want to, you know, there, there were a lot of times growing up and maybe this sounds awful to you and that's okay. Like, I didn't want to give my grandmother a hug because it wasn't just like a hug. Like it was just a mushy, squishy hug. And like at 12 years old, I was like, I just don't want to. And it was always just like, Oh, you don't love me. Come here and let me give you a hug. And it's like, there's that, there's that element of guilt. Why? My mom, a lot of the time when they moved, would call and say like, I miss you and I didn't miss her. So I just say, well, I'm sorry. And she's like, God, you don't miss me. And I was just like, no, it takes a lot for me to miss somebody. Cause I didn't know what to say, but I felt like I was being guilted into saying something that I didn't want to say and saying that I felt something that I didn't feel just so someone else could feel better. You know, another one was like, I love you. And sometimes like, you know, I just feel like I love you too. And God, Don't say it because you have to. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I want to say I love you because I want to say I love you. I don't want to say it because you're going to make me feel guilty or try to make me feel guilty if I don't. I feel like 
how do I want to say this? I feel as though guilt and shame are something that's just been acceptable and a lot of times effective in getting people to do what someone wants them to do. You know, today I was talking to somebody about my podcast episode about my childhood with my mom and my dad. And, you know, there was a question about my relationship with them. And when, when I talk to people about my parents, I always feel not always, but I feel like there's, um, there's kind of that mentality of like, well, yeah, but they're your mom or they're your dad. They're still your mom. They're still your dad. Like, I know that they did this, but no matter what, they're still your mom. They're still your dad. And I'm like, yeah, like, you don't need to tell me that I'm related to them. Like, I realize that. And I don't know that I qualify that as guilt, but it kind of feels that way. Like it has that same, that same feeling to me, you know, or like, well, you know, appreciate. Yeah. I know that they've put you through hell, but you know what? You're going to be sad when they, when they die. Of course I'll be sad when they die. But just because they die doesn't make my relationship with them any better. You know, there have been people in my life that were awful to other people. And then those people leave this world and suddenly they're saints. There's nothing that it's like people want people to feel guilty about certain things. And I don't understand that. Like, I just, I just don't understand it. Like I tell people, I said, I know what my relationship is like with my parents and I've accepted that. And if something happens, like, I'm not going to feel guilty for not spending more time with them. I'm not going to feel guilty for not feeling guilty about things. But it's so interesting to me how people just, I think just that guilt and shame is so ingrained in us. It's like, we don't even see it. 
when we're acting that way. And so like with my son, you know, like I always ask him, like, can I, you know, can I have a kiss? Like I never make him, I never make him like give me a kiss. And if he doesn't want to give me a kiss, he doesn't give me a kiss. And I don't go, oh, you don't love me. Well, I guess you don't love me. No, that's not what it means. And I'm like, so over guilt trips to get somebody to do something or to get somebody to feel a certain way. Like, I just think that that's such, so manipulative. But it's effective. It works for a lot of people. And then, you know, you look at just ourselves and how we talk to ourselves and just the guilt that we lay upon ourselves for not doing things and the shame that we feel. And it's like, why are we choosing to do that to ourselves? Why? Not everybody's going to do everything that we want them to do. It's called people being independent. It's called people having free will. It's called people being their own people. All of that's okay. Maybe people who don't allow guilt and shame to rule their life, maybe we have something to learn from them. Like I said, it's just really interesting when you take a look at society and what's an effective tool for getting people to do what you want them to do. And it really makes me sad that shame and guilt are so prevalent. In our lives in such subtle ways that a lot of time we don't even recognize it. And so I guess like I think being aware of it is the first thing, like just kind of having it, like just kind of marinating in your mind. And I feel like when you're aware of it, you're more apt to see these things. And when you see them, then I feel like you're empowered to either choose to be ruled 
by guilt and shame or to not let that be a determining factor for the choices that you make. And having the confidence to know who you are, having confidence in your decisions and just not allowing shame and guilt to dictate how you live your life. And I think when it's so subtle, we often act in that same way, you know, like the shame and the Instagram example I gave earlier, we don't even realize it, but how would your life look different if you just weren't ashamed to be who you are in every way. If you did things because you wanted to, and not because you felt guilty about not doing them. If you made a bad decision, like it was bad, and you just owned up to it, and just acknowledge that you're human and you make mistakes, instead of letting someone hold something over your head. How empowering would that be? How liberating would that be? To not be ashamed for just being human and fucking up from time to time. I live my life a different way now. And it's not to say that shame and guilt don't make its way in because they do. But I grew up in a world where guilt and shame, they were there every day. And it wasn't healthy. I didn't grow into a very confident, empowered woman. But I am now. 
And a large part of that is because I don't have a lot of space for guilt and shame anymore. And so I invite you to take a look at your life and see what role these play in it. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's minimal. Maybe it's a lot. And that's okay. But if it's something that you don't like, if it's something you want to change, that's okay too. Because life is a journey. We don't all have everything figured out. But I encourage you to take a look at that if you feel like guilt and shame are playing a bigger role than you'd like in your life. And think about what changes you might be able to make. And if you want to talk through it with someone who doesn't really know you, I'm happy to lend an ear. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you being here. And if you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Awaken the Extraordinary. You can email me at Christy at Awaken the Extraordinary.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.